All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back for another episode of On the Pitch Pod. It is Thursday, April 1st. Happy April Fool's Day, everybody. I'm joined, as always, by my good buddy, Leo. Leo, how was your week? It's been good. It's been slow. Um, not a whole lot going on in my life, so I've just been kind of bumming around. Watched a bunch of these World Cup qualifiers that we had this week. Watched the U.S. Men's National Team come away with two wins this week, so that was good for the senior team and we had the uh the big olympic miss that's been a big talking point with u.s soccer this past week we had some twitter beef go down this week so it's been pretty eventful for the u.s men's national team and the younger sides yeah we'll get into all that today we're going to focus a lot on the men's national team today with the uh with the international break that just happened some some disappointments for sure and we saw that you know throughout the the United States soccer world. I do want to give a quick shout out to my indoor soccer team. We took home the men's oh. A division championship last night in a thrilling four to four PK win against the SC Hammers, that Ukrainian team that <laughs> screams and follows their nut jobs, nut jobs. Uh, but we were down three one, then down four three. Score with a minute left, and then it went to PK. Soccer City was bumping yesterday. So shout out to. Uh, Palatine FC, even though none of us are from Palatine. Coip, come on, you Palatinians. Uh, see you all next year. Anyway. Yeah, uh, congrats to you, those guys. I know, huge we, got, game. Huge know game. we got some listeners on the team there, so big congrats to you guys. Coip. Uh, as always, thanks to you guys for being big fans of the pod. But moving on, like we said, we had uh, the U.S. Men's National Team play a couple games this week. Two friendlies. Uh, they played Jamaica and Northern Ireland. They come away with wins there and I think in our last 10 we have nine wins and a draw so things are looking up looking really good for the senior team um the Northern Ireland game was a little bit slower it was kind of sluggish uh at times but overall we get the job done and those are things that you know we just haven't seen over the past few years yeah. so uh, it was good to see that we gritted out against Northern Ireland. Uh, I didn't like that they gave up that goal. You know, they went up 2-0. Gio Reyna got another goal. I think it's like his third goal or whatever. Is it? Is he? Third or second goal. Yeah, second or third goal. And a few, very few caps. And then Pulisic went, ran riot all over that defense. They couldn't handle him. He got a nice PK and they went up 2-0 and then they let one back. Uh, It was a banger. It was a banger. It was. was a sweet goal. Whatever Northern Irish dude did that, that was sweet. I'd just like to see them, you know, close out games a little bit better. Yeah. But that's kind of the the mentality that'll grow, hopefully, with, you know, more competition. This was a friendly, but they treated it like it was a, a World Cup qualifier or a, whatever, you know, any type of qualifier. They played a good team, um, and they got the result, which is all that matters against a decent Northern Irish squad. Yeah, and we didn't, we didn't have Weston McKinney or Tyler Adams uh, with the team this go around with the international break but we ha- we saw some other people like Acosta play in the midfield and he he didn't seem too sharp he kind of had a, a tough little uh break here and overall just at times he, there was just some sluggish play on the team in that Northern Ireland game but we saw a good performance against Jamaica Brendan Aronson got his first goal yep. With the senior team, um, what's what's our, our young defender's name? Chris Richards or something? Yep. He made his debut this week, so props to him, another young guy to keep an eye on. And then we saw Daryl DK from Orlando yeah, City. Yeah, could have had a hat trick. Yeah, like, Daryl DK came on, and he played really good. And I'd like to see more of him going forward. He played really well for Orlando City. 
He's on loan right now at Barnsley, which is a championship side, and I think he's got five goals and nine appearances for Barnsley. So he's playing really good in the championship, and he's got a bright young future. He looked really good, got in a lot of dangerous areas. Yeah, I like him a lot. He kind of gives me, obviously, he's that big physical presence at that nine, but he's got that pace to get in behind, and Pulisic played a beautiful ball through, and he kind of just scuffed the chip attempt with his left foot. But he kind of gives that that Josie Altidore that vibe, but he seems like he's got a lot more pace and and you know playing at Barnsley and playing with these high level English teams is going to improve his technical ability, and hopefully you know he can be the the center forward of of future because that's kind of the one position that has been locked down for the men's national team for a long time, dating back to Clint Dempsey, Josie Altidore, all those guys have we've always had a decent number nine. I wouldn't say Josie Altidore is decent. If you're listening, <laughs> sorry, you stunk. Uh, I'd like to see him, you know, really make that role his own, especially with Josh Sargent. There's a lot of good number nines coming up that are young, playing in Europe. Uh, and let's see if DK can uh, make, it his, make it his own. Yeah, the, that's kind of the one position I would say just going forward is still kind of up for grabs. We kind of know what the midfield is going to be like. We know it's going to be Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney. We kind of have a good idea of our center backs. Matt Miazga is going to be back there. Right backs, obviously, going to be Serginho Dest. John Brooks will be in the mix uh, forever. John Brooks yeah. will always be in the mix. And Anthony then, Robinson uh, playing at Fulham on the left back, and they got a couple, you know, they got a ton of left backs. But, but yeah, going forward, that's kind of just the one that's been up for grabs. Uh, I would like to see our boy Chris Mueller play yes, a little bit. Yes, I was just going to say that. Um, he yeah. didn't get the call up for that, unfortunately, but I would like to see him hopefully get another opportunity because he played really well. Uh, when, when was it? Back yeah. in January. Unbelievably, so, yeah. Hopefully he gets another chance, and yeah, there's just there's one position to keep an eye on for Craig Berhalter's decision-making. It's going to be the number nine position, and he's got a lot of options, and someone's just got to lock it down. Nicholas Giacchini plays up there sometimes, too, and then like Patrick said, Josh Sargent uh, was back in the mix, and uh, Timothy Wade, too. He's yeah. finally starting to find his footing. He, we kind of forgot about him for a little bit. But he's starting to find his way back in the team. He's starting to find a little bit of good form with Lille. So, yeah, overall, it was a good good performance by our men's national team. And like we said, we got some young players making some nice goals. And just, yeah, overall, good performance. But we're going to focus a little bit more on the U23s. Uh, this was like the big talking point all week. It was big talking point on Twitter. It was a big talking point even for these people on ESPN, on their sports shows and Fox Sports. And all everyone, all they seemed to talk about was the U23s. If you didn't know, they failed to qualify for the Olympics for the third Olympics in a row. Yep. Um, so that's we failed to qualify for the last World Cup and now three straight Olympics. And we've missed four out of the last five tournaments as a country. Yeah, so not, not a good look. Not good enough. Just simply not good enough. Yeah, that's not a good look. And just overall, losing to a team like Honduras, just, you know, you'd expect us to come away with that. And it just kind of seems like those younger guys, and even with the senior team, like we said over the past uh, couple of tournaments, it just seems like when the pressure's there, and even without fans in the stands, the, the pressure got to them. They knew what was at stake. They needed to win and qualify for the Olympics. And these young guys kind of crumbled to the pressure, and they, they played pretty freaking bad it was a pretty poor game yeah awful game yeah not a good game at all just big mistakes we saw potential uh goalkeeper for the future david ochoa with a a blunder he literally kicked the ball into someone's shin and the ball went in 
Uh, so not a good look. And yeah, this kind of leads us to our big talking point with the U.S. men's national team is kind of what our thoughts are on not qualifying for the Olympics. And then we'll kind of touch base on what was with the Twitter beef this week between Taylor Tolman and Josie Altador. So, Pat, any thoughts on just what you think about not qualifying for the Olympics and kind of what's your take on that? I just think it's a no excuses kind of thing. Like, there's there's no – like, ever, all the rants basically mirrored what, what I'm saying is there's just no excuses. And, uh, you know, regardless of whether you respect Taylor Twelman's ability on the pitch and his men's national team career, he's right. There is no excuses with the amount of money that the United States Soccer Federation is funding and putting towards – us being a competitor in these world tournaments, we're not seeing the results, you know? Like, you can go on YouTube and find Taylor Twelman rant after rant. You're not sure which year it's from. But the amount of letdowns, we lost to Trin- we tied Trinidad and Tobago 1-1 last time, and now it's we're losing 2-1 to Honduras, you know? Those aren't the teams that you can accept failure from and yeah. be okay with it, you know, the next day. Oh, but there's a lot of great talking points. Oh, we're growing... That's not a, that's not good enough. You know what I mean? That's just not good enough. The quality of players that were in Guadalajara, Mexico, for this game was good enough to qualify, and they just put in a stinker of a performance. And it, it, I just I just don't think it's good enough. And I think that it's an indictment from the top down. It's got to go for you know to the U.S. Soccer Federation first, down to the coach, down to everybody. I know there were COVID rules, and you know not everybody could get to their teams, and teams are out of season because it's MLS isn't playing yet. No excuses. That team was good enough to beat Honduras. They just didn't. They played terribly. They went down 2-0. And, and it's just simply not good enough. Yeah, and not to be repetitive, but like Patrick said, it's not good enough. You would like to see, if you're really going all at it for these Olympics, all of our under-23s to be playing. Like uh, Patrick brought up a good point before we started the podcast when we watched... Brazil played Germany in the Olympic gold medal match a few years ago. Neymar was playing in the yeah. game, you know? You see some of these big-name guys playing. And it was Brazil versus games. Germany, you know? Like, it wasn't two scrub teams because they didn't care about the competition. Like, yeah. they they care about the competition, you know? Neymar it, was already on Barcelona at the time. It's good practice for you to be on the world stage in any tournament. doesn't matter if it's the U23s, U18s, or whatever it might be. It's good, good experience to be under pressure and world spotlight, and we we're not going to be there. They're not going to get that experience. Uh, one of the things that I don't like the criticism going is that the team there. If we were really going all at it and we want to play our right. guys at the Olympics, half of our team is under twenty threes. That was I would say the, most of it, like more than half. Mo- you know, like Sergio Des could have played in that game. Christian yeah. Pulisic could have played in that. Gio Reyna is like barely. He's like not even twenty. You yeah, know, like he's not even nineteen. Yeah, he's like there's so many guys so that could have played in that game. Plenty of guys that could have played in the game, and unfortunately, just with COVID and whatnot, it would have been difficult for them to leave Europe and come over to Mexico to play the game. But regardless. Uh, I still think a couple of them could have came out and played. I know Pulisic said, uh, I think a week before the match was played, that he wanted to play in the Olympics if we qualified. So overall, just a big dis- disappointment. And now we'll we'll touch base on this little Twitter beef that Taylor Tolman and 
Josie Altador got into. Pat, you want to really quickly just summarize? Well, we kind of already summarized yeah, what Taylor um, Twelman said. Taylor Twelman basically went on a rant that it's not good enough, kind of similarly to what he does. He's clearly very passionate about men's, you know, the United States He's men's soccer. He's very passionate. That's about what him. he gets up for in the morning for. He expects the best. Right? And so he you know, put out a two-minute rant on Zoom about how it's not good enough. Basically said everything we said already, you know, we kind of heard it already in that rant. Um, and then Josie Altador piped in. Yeah, so I got the tweets pulled up. It was, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, uh, I got a good laugh out of seeing this stuff. Josie Altator tweets, Taylor Tolman national team career was laughable. Beasley should be that analyst or uh, Mia Hamm. Tolman need to be on Extra Time Radio with Bobby Warshaw. He a white boy with connects. Stop giving him a platform. Then he tweets, people like Tolman telling millions, I'm this, I'm that. Didn't live up to this or that. I'm a hero, Taylor, to young black kings that want to play soccer. Kids in Haiti and Caribbean. You don't define success for me. You weren't half of me. No more free takes. No more free takes. So <laughs> They're not free. And you, ESPN pays them a lot of money to make those takes. I have a problem with what Josie said. Taylor Tolman was really good. And unfortunately, his career had to be stopped very short because concussions concussions took his toll on him and like everyone knows you're heading the ball quite a bit so he had to, he had to call quits and he's moved into this analyst role where we've seen him for what past 10 years or something he's been in this analyst role for a long time and he's, yeah, it's he's not like for ESPN for 11 years it, like I don't understand why Josie took it to him so personally like Taylor Tolman like then wasn't like well Josie Altador was out there like, like yeah Josie, you're not, even on, not even on the team he though. like responded to the first tweet is like what matters most is what we do off the field Josie's changing the game for what he's doing off the field or so he came back like after Tolman roasted him and was nice to him or something right yeah so Josie roasts Tolman all of that Tolman takes the high road he says no matter what we do on the field it's what we do off the field that is most important as athletes. What Josie Altador is doing with his Josie Altador Foundation, especially in I don't know what country's flag that is, is changing lives. Join me in supporting his cause. So Tolman takes the high road on Yeah, this. what a great thing to say. You know? He doesn't even comment about whatever because literally Taylor Tolman didn't say a single thing about Josie Altador during his rant. And Josie responds with, your money can't fix this big, strong, powerful issue. Acknowledge it and be better. I don't want nor need your charity. Like, well, what the hell's your deal, man? He literally, like, he, Josie's acting like Taylor Tolman just, like, went on a Josie out the door rant. Like, he was just talking about the team as a whole. And Josie, you're not even on the team anymore, man. It was like the U.S., it was the U23 team, you know? It's like, it, I don't know. I, I, I've never been a big fan of Josie Altador. I've had to watch too many games where he's just irrelevant up at the top. He scored 42 goals and had 14 assists in 115 appearances. That's an average of a goal every 2.7-something like games. Taylor Twelman had 8 goals in 30 appearances, which is an average of like a goal every 3.5 games. So it's not like Taylor Twelman was some bona fide scrub. Taylor Twelman was very good right. before the concussions ended his career. You know, I, I don't know. I just didn't see, like... <sighs> Why did he make it like I? He might. He seemed like it was me, me, me. Yeah. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a stand for young black kings all around. I'm. Of course you are. Duh. You have 115 caps as the number nine for the men's national team. But Taylor Twelman said nothing about that. He yeah. said that this was a failure. 
Was this not a failure? Josie, do you disagree that this was a failure? Regardless of who said it, I could be up there who's never played a professional game in my fucking life. <laughs> and I could have told you that this was a disappointment, you know? It didn't matter yeah. who was saying it. And to come at him like he's got connections, I'm sure he does. That's what soccer is. He also played. Like, he also no played. And he's been at ESPN for 11 years. He's called Gold Cup games, Confederations Cup games. He's called every game in the book. And now you're coming at him for free takes? Like, that was not a, that wasn't a bad take. Yeah. It was an accurate take. Alexi Lawless said the he's same speaking thing. Speaking it how he is. How Stu is. Holden said the same thing. I'm sure if you asked Demarcus Beasley, he would have said the exact same thing. Mia Hamm would have echoed the same thing. Yeah, I, so I don't get why Josie got all mad. He was in his feels also, or something. This this comment, um, I'm a hero tailored to young black kings that want to play soccer. Kids in Haiti and Caribbean. Um, I don't have a problem with you saying you're you know you're a role model for you know black kids. I'm sure a lot of young black kids here in the in the states are like, wow, I want to be like Josie Alton or whatever. But the, in Haiti and Caribbean, I, I can almost guarantee you none of those kids have any idea who Josie Altador is. No knock on you, Josie. And not taking away anything you've done, whatever. Just felt irrelevant. But it like, felt like he, it Haiti, made no you're, sense. You're, you like went on such a rant. Haiti and Caribbean? I guarantee you, if they're looking at any black people to they're be their at role the models. People that are beating they're looking the men's at national team like every Mbappe fucking week. And, yeah. and those people, not you, so... Just a bizarre rant, and we yeah we saw a lot of people in the U.S. talking about how it was a disappointment, and it really ended up being a disappointment. I did have a problem with some of the you know analysts for ESPN and Fox Sports the way they were talking about it because I don't think they realized that half of the team that the senior team could have played in this game and they weren't. So I do have a problem with some of these people talking about it, but when it comes down to Everyone that's been a part of U.S. soccer having a problem with us not qualifying, it's clearly a problem, and I don't understand what Josie was getting at. He had to stick up his butt. It so. is what it is. Uh, he's allowed to talk that talk. When you have 115 cash for the national team, you can say whatever you want, but it seemed like uh, creating further division <laughs> rather than agreeing that losing to Honduras just simply isn't good enough, you know? Yeah, so just bizarre, bizarre week. Uh it's unfortunate we had to even talk about this whole fiasco. But, yeah, just bizarre. And going forward, the future is bright, like we've been saying. And uh, looking at these World Cup qualifying matches, too, I think we could definitely hang. The senior team can definitely hang with some of these teams. We saw Germany lose to North Macedonia. We saw Portugal tie Serbia Two to two, Cristiano Ronaldo ripped his armband off yeah. when he got subbed off and threw it down. So that was that's being uh, bizarre. That's being auctioned off, and it's gonna like feed something like it's <laughs> whatever. I it's going to charity. I forget yeah. what I read, but uh, that auction that armband's getting auctioned uh, off. It was funny. Charity. The older Portuguese national team members that have long retired took a problem with that, and honestly, I I would I too. would have a big problem with that too. You, you know, it's not that's an honor. Yeah, and you're like, captaining your national team, and Ronaldo of all people, was, talk about a role model, Josie. Yeah, okay, that, was, that guy's a role model to people in Haiti and the Caribbean, and he's throwing his armband down. Yeah, so like, that was not a good look for Ronaldo. Uh, you can't be doing that. So I mean, what, the world went crazy when Xhaka ripped off his jersey on the <laughs> fields, you know. And the literally the world went crazy. No matter what your opinion was, it's like that can't that can't happen. That's not okay. Yeah, you're a professional, and the guy that scored over 800 goals, I guess, 
Well, not even no, not not even him. He doesn't even get to do that. You know, nobody gets <laughs> no to do that. No one gets to do that. Bad luck, especially for, in Portugal. You know, where soccer is so serious. You got Luis Figo, all these legends, and then you're the best of them all. You don't get to disrespect the armband like that. Yeah. So we had some other uh, shocking results. Turkey took down the Netherlands four to two. That Turkish guy had a hat trick. Had a pretty nice goal son, too. Right? I don't know who Yeah, was. he could never make it at Everton or in the Premier League, and now he's back on Besiktas, and I think he's balling up again. Yeah, I don't we, follow uh, the Turkish League enough. but We saw Denmark play really good. I do have a weird, I don't know, I kind of have a problem with Denmark's group. They kept Ireland out of the World, um, uh, the World Cup last year, whatever it was. I know Denmark's been playing really good overall, not just with the qualifiers, but just their recent performances. But if you know anything about the UEFA World Cup qualifiers, you know that each group kind of has the one big dog that's supposed to make it out. And if you look at all the groups, if there's one group that's like they got the luck of the draw, Denmark got the luck of the draw. They're in a group with Scotland, Israel, Austria, Faroe Islands, and Moldova. Wow. So that group, it's looking like it's Denmark's. They're up top with nine points. Next closest is Scotland with five. So kind of weird that they get kind of the easiest group out of teams like that. Um, France does their thing. Antoine Griezmann, for whatever he is on his club team, he he always scores goals yeah. for the national team. Course, All those yeah. French dudes do. Yeah, it yeah. makes no sense. Paul Pogba. They get to Clairefontaine the and new, their new men. They yeah. they love the national team and they play way better than they do in their club team. Pogba and Conte are like such a good duo. So. They look really good. Our Italians look really good. They get three wins, no goals allowed. I thought England looked looked good. England uh, does look good. I think they got a real chance of winning the Euros, to be honest, with that team. You know, we yeah. didn't even see a Marcus Rashford. Jaden Sancho's out injured. Bukayo Saka was up in the stands. That team's Trent is not even in the team right, right. now because he's out of form. Yeah. So. They got a Mason really Mount deep team. Balling. Everyone gives Mason Mount crap. He's balling. No again. Jordan Henderson. No Hendo. Give, give yeah. whatever crap you want, but no. you know he's a he's great the, midfielder. I mean, he's the first name on the team sheet in the English national team when he's healthy. So, yeah, they have a really fucking deep team. It John doesn't Stones matter who's going to be there. Had another John Stones moment, <laughs> but he made up for it with a great pass to uh, Harry Maguire to get the second goal, to give him the win. Yeah. Um, my Greeks somehow managed to tie Spain uh, 1-1. Nice. And then we that's tied one. we tied one one to Georgia, which is not a good look. <laughs> that's if you want to qualify, yeah, like that's... Uh, my problem with the Greeks here's my quick little Greek rant. Like obviously the expectations aren't the greatest or whatever. We did win the Euro in two thousand four. That's like the peak of Greek soccer, but you kind of expect them to be back in the World Cup. We weren't in this most recent one, and to. To be in third place right now, you tie Spain one one. You're like, all right, come on, we got we got a good draw, and then the goal against Georgia and draw one one, and both teams combined for ten shots. It was like such a boring game. <laughs> so my problem with the Greek national team, here's my little rant, is that they just like don't have enough urgency. I don't know, whatever. I'm not. That was hit. your little rant. That's that was that's the best you got. Is they don't have urgency. I don't want to keep. I could go on a way bigger rant, but I am not. I mean, gonna what else focus do we got to talk about? You know, there's no soccer. I want to focus a little bit on Italy. Okay. Italy looks really good. I didn't watch any. They of their have games. a deep team. They haven't conceded a goal. That's that true Italian way. Yeah. Strong defense. Grind out two nothing games. They got a deep team. 
The Italian Soccer League right now is the most competitive it's been in a long time. Very competitive, yeah. A lot of good Italian players. Shout out Slotson. I have a $50 free bet on them to win the Euro. If anyone wants to tell me on that, feel free. You placed that a while ago, didn't you? I placed that a while ago. Two months ago. I'm feeling really confident in their chances this year. It's like plus 1,200 odds. So if you want to take a chance, throw $10 to win 100 and something. I think they got a really good chance. They got a really good group for the Euro this summer. So something to keep an eye on. I'm also going to be fading Germany. It feels kind of weird that I'm saying that. But for whatever reason, they're they're not in good form. Their national no. team for like the past year. It's just not been in good form. And it makes no sense because Bayern is the best team in the world pretty much. And for whatever reason, Joachim Lowe or however the hell you pronounce yeah. his name, they, they're just not playing good. He's retiring after the Euro, but they lost to Spain a couple months ago, like six to nothing. Yeah, um, they lose to North Macedonia. They barely beat. Um, I gotta look. They barely beat someone in very unconvincing fashion. It was like one nothing game. Uh, Romania. They beat Romania one nothing. Very boring game. So I don't know what their deal is. Uh, I guess one big deal is that they're number nine is Timo Warner. Yeah, somebody get that man in, like a confidence coach. Somebody get that man into therapy. That dude is not informed. I don't care what anyone says. His talent, sure, whatever. His talent's great. That dude is just bad. He's in right his now. own head. Like he's got to be. Like you know, the talent's there. We've seen great Timo Warner, but right now he's he's bad. He had a horrible miss against North Macedonia. The game was still tied at the moment. I think it was like the seventy fifth minute. Um, he like doesn't even kick the ball. <laughs> the ball gets crossed in, and it's like uh, a little bit. It's like a him. step behind him, but he like. Well, like, dude, that's a. It's literally a tap in. Like, you make contact with it, and the ball is going. You're in. also the number nine for Germany. <laughs> like, you play for Chelsea FC. Like, you gotta finish that. So, like, you gotta. Another howler for Timo. I mean, it was really bad. It was one one at the time. They could have went up two one. Yeah. End up losing two one, and they're now they're in third place in their group. Just very bizarre. North Macedonia and Armenia are ahead of them in their group. For hey, don't sleep on Henrik Mkhitaryan, baby. Those Armenians, you know. <laughs> Henrik, playing so, good at Roma. Been reborn since he left Arsenal. They're dangerous. Might throw a future on Armenia. <laughs> so we got, for the most part, everything else looks pretty normal other than that German group. And then, like I said, Denmark's got that weird group where I, I think they're going to Was Ericsson it. in the team? I don't know if Ericsson was in the team. That makes Three it much games, more impressive if you wasn't. 14 goals for zero allowed. They were balling out. Good for them. Um, Turkey at the top of theirs over the Netherlands. Um, other than that, everything looks pretty normal. Um, we saw Zlatan make his Swedish yep. national team return. I don't know how many years it's been now. They yeah. told him a few years ago that he was just like too old and yeah. not good enough and now he's now he's got 20 goals out. for AC Milan and they're like oh we need you back father yeah, please so come back please they got him back he got a nice assist uh, and helped them win one of those he games. had a good quote for getting his uh his jersey back i think it was Isak was it who plays for Sweden no uh, one of those guys on Dortmund it might i'm not sure which one it was they he uh had to give Zlatan on his number back because Zlatan made his reappearance <laughs> to the team and he's like, all right, but I want it when you retire. And he's like, all right, in eight or nine years, you can have the jersey <laughs> or something like that. It was pretty funny. Only Zlatan. Yeah, that, that about wraps it up. Um, I talked about if you want to throw a future on Italy, I think they have really good odds. Um, Pat, you got any any teams that you think 
I think I think England truly does have a realistic chance of uh, of making it. Um, it all depends on their back line play. If Harry Maguire and John Stones is the pairing going forward, then you know that's going to be that's got to be the pairing. Trent Alexander Arnold's obviously out of out of the fold right now, but they got attacking options out the wazoo. You know, we didn't see a Rashford, Sancho, none of those guys, and they they still Sterling was so dangerous on the left hand side, so dangerous. And so I got. The odds play. pulled up right yeah. now, too. The winning odds. England are the current favorites to win. They're plus really? 500 right now. Interesting. Right behind them are France and Belgium. Germany plus 750. Portugal plus 800. Spain plus yeah. 900. Mm. And then you start to get into those interesting ones. You see Italy at plus 1,200, who I think have the best value at that spot. Netherlands plus 1100 also decent value but yeah. I don't think they quite have the team to go all the way and win it this year um, looking down towards the bottom if you want to take a chance in Lewandowski just going crazy they're plus, <laughs> they're plus 10,000 um, yeah other than that I, I really do like Italy's odds I, I like Italy's got, odds and I'd take Spain plus 900 I think Spain's got a decent Spain's squad Spain's always got a yeah. squad and then we'll we'll look more into it once we get closer to the tournament, I think, I think we'll be close to bets for it. I think uh, I think we'll have a good because idea. Because everybody what's plays going on. once the tournament comes around, so it's yeah. easier to bet. Last time we bet international break, it was went piss poor for us because games like <laughs> Greece versus whoever Spain and one one. Yeah, so but and yeah, these, Germany loses to North games Macedonia. Will be full blown. Fucking. Um, ooh, we got a group of death too: France, Germany, Portugal, Hungary. That'll Hungary. be a group Throw of the death. house. Throw the house. Hungry. Take Hungry out a second mortgage. Plus Take a second mortgage. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh man. But yeah, that that'll wrap up our international talk. We're we're not gonna go uh, too much farther in this episode. We just wanted to give a quick brief update on what was going on with the U.S. team and some other national teams. And now we'll just give a quick little preview of this weekend's matches. We got some really good games coming up on Saturday. Yes, sir. We got Leicester, Man City at 11.30 on Saturday. And then we finally have our teams playing each other again. Let's Liverpool go! We play each other at 2 o'clock. Um, we got other games with Chelsea, West Brom at 6.30. It's a bigger game. We'll be waking up for it's, that It's one. a big game for both of us because we're both mid-table or whatever. You know, we're both like I'm 8 or 9 and you're 5, 4, whatever you are. But uh, it's a bigger game for you guys because you got your Champions League quarterfinal game on Tuesday. Only a quick three-day turnaround. And the guys just played their international breaks. Yeah, so, so yeah, we heavy legs. looking at... Um, that's crazy. The amount of games these guys play, I don't know how more don't get injured, you know? Yeah, God bless the guys that they're still it's healthy. It's really crazy. Like it's, it truly is. And just all They these never other, get to just be like, you know what, I just don't think I can do it. They're always too. Like yeah. the, everyone's trying to make more money, and the players are like, dude. Like, it's just, I just want to go to sleep, man. Yeah, I so. just want to put my feet up on the couch. We got those big games. Um, looking at Sunday, Leeds Sheffield United at nine a.m. That's a battle of two opposites right there. That'll be. Let's see how that. That'll <laughs> be, be interesting. Leicester City. Hopefully, that's a good game. High scoring. Yeah, um, and then on Sunday we got Spurs Newcastle, um, Manchester United Brighton. So kind of a uh, a little bit of a, a duller warm, day. Duller duller day on Sunday. Maybe we get some action in the Southampton Burnley game. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's at six, but maybe I'll wake up for the second half of that one. 
Um, Aston Villa Fulham. I don't know. Might be it might more be a decent intriguing watch. matchup than most people think. Yeah, it might be a decent watch. Fulham are not a. They're they're, they're trying to climb out. They're yeah, they're climbing. Yeah. They're not an easy out these they're days. They're not. No. Um, and I'm looking at the Champions League. Quick updates. No Lewandowski for yeah, both huge. of the legs. He picked up an injury playing for Poland. Um, no Sergio Ramos for either of the legs for Real Madrid. He picked up an injury with Spain. So. Kind of a kind of an interesting couple of weeks we got going on. We're gonna have all this Champions League action coming at Chile, and then we're gonna have the final stretch here for these Premier League games. We got eight to nine games left for yep. most of these teams, so it'll be we're, we're coming in real quick. And uh, I'm gonna be betting on PSG to beat Bayern. There's my take. Uh, I'm sorry, our good friend Alex Nodo has this really crazy parlay of futures. And it's coming down on the wire. Who would have thought that he'd still be in the running for that parlay? But Bayern winning the Champions League is one of them. And I think PSG are going to get their vengeance for that Dude, yeah. for that uh, tough loss th- over the summer. I think they get their vengeance. All right, let's just go per tie. Real Madrid-Liverpool, who goes through? You know what I'm saying. Liverpool goes through. All right, City-Dortmund, who goes through? City's going through. Bayern-PSG? PSG for me. Porto-Chelsea. So, I mean, if they had it, I do have a problem with just, I don't know, like Chelsea plays a very good defensive brand now in Porto. We saw them play very good defense against Juve, and you would argue that Juventus has a better attack than Chelsea. So I kind of. I mean, if they had an informed number nine like Timo Werner, then yeah, I'd yeah, be like Chelsea all, all the way, you know. I think that's going to be a low-scoring affair. I think it's going to be. Maybe one nothing, Unders, one one the yeah. first leg. Who knows? We, you know, every time we say this, it seems <laughs> yeah. like we're wrong lately. That's why we haven't been posting bets. But I do think this is going to be a lower scoring affair. Chelsea are the clear favorites, but I, you know, I might take some value on Porto. Yeah, Porto Draw are no historically bet, a good side in the Champions League. Yeah. They've won the Champions League multiple times, I think. So. I'm I'm leaning kind they of taking uh, the special one. Yeah, they did win it with the special one. <laughs> People forget how good that guy is, but <laughs> I'm leaning Porto. I think the value's there for Porto. Um, that should be a great matchup. I was in Real Madrid until Sergio Ramos got injured, so I'm going Liverpool, uh, City, Dortmund. I want Dortmund to win just Ooh, because I. I'd love to see Pep not win another <laughs> Champions League. Like I, you know, no disrespect to Pep, I think he's a great manager. Um, but the amount of funding, you know, like if they don't win the Champions League, it's not like Pep's going to go anywhere. It's just they're just going to sign Erling Holland. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not, <laughs> they're just going to spend more money. Uh, so that might be a bad thing if they win it all because uh, then Erling Holland's going to kick Arsenal's ass every week. Uh, I think PSG will beat Bayern. That's literally just based on form. <laughs> That's all based on how good Achille Mbappe is playing right now and how good all those guys are playing. And how poorly Byron's not they're not playing poorly in the league. But they, they got a big game against Leipzig coming up. And Leipzig's only yeah, four points back. Real quick. No Lewandowski. Real quick. It could be their backs could be against the um, wall in the Bundesliga. I'm gonna be having two T V screens on, on Saturday. The last time Byron and Dortmund played, it was my it's been my they play favorite Leipzig, match. Right? Or they played Dortmund. 
I think they. Is it Leipzig? Leipzig? They play Leipzig. I'm sorry. Because Leipzig's second in the yeah, table yeah. right I'm now. I'm sorry. They play Leipzig. I'm still gonna be watching that. Dude, it's gonna be a great game. The Bundesliga is great to watch. Yeah, if you don't watch awesome. the Bundesliga, awesome. it's very similar play style to the Premier League. Very fast paced. Yeah. Uh, physical game. Bayern and is uh, a lot sit- of goals. Bayern sitting on sixty one points. Leipzig sitting on fifty seven, and they play each other in the next match. So. Leipzig with four wins and a draw in their last five, and Bayern with four wins and a loss. Yeah, uh, I'll be tuned into that one. Huge game. Huge game. No Lewandowski. No Lewandowski. It'll be interesting. And I, Taylor Twelman actually had a good quote. He's like, I'm actually much more intrigued to watch this game now that Lewandowski's not playing. You know, like, <laughs> as good as he is, yeah. that change, like, changes the whole dynamic. Changes everything. You know, he's already got 40 goals in this season and they've only had 26 league games. I don't think they're all league goals, but like that's an absurd amount. And without him, changes things, you know. Changes it changes how Bayern has to play and it changes how Leipzig has to defend and counterpress and if they can turn if they can turn Bayern over in the in their defensive half and go to goal, there's a that'll be that'll be a great game. So, I guess we'll wrap this up. We had uh, a little bit of some transfer news. Um, nothing too crazy. Um, apparently, Liverpool are going to trigger Konate's release clause. Where apparently that's going to happen. He's a stud, isn't summer. he? I haven't followed he him. He plays much. center back for Leipzig, right. so that could be a big signing. It'll be a forty million dollar release clause. Those two center backs are leaving now. Pat Meccano's going to Bayern, and now Konate's going to Liverpool. Yeah, that's not a done deal yet, but apparently that's that's seeming like what's going to happen. We had Erling Haaland's agent, Mino Raiola. Super agent. Don't Super disrespect agent. him like that. <laughs> if there is like a Woj, but for agents, he's the guy, if that makes sense. Like, he's he's everyone's agent. Yeah, all the good players' agent. And so everyone hates him. He, uh, every team hates him because he collects like a crazy agent he fee. He gets so much money. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's got to be hundreds of millions of dollars at this point. Yeah. But um, he was representing Erling Haaland with Erling Haaland's dad. They went Alfie. To, they went to Barcelona, <laughs> and then they went to Real Madrid. So looks like uh, we could see a move there, but I kind of feel like his dad's just kind of feeling things That's out. That's what they said. He's like, nothing done or advanced yeah, yet. I they still got to meet with every team yeah, under they the wanna sun. Meet. They're feeling out everything, but that, that was the big uh, Well, I did think what was trick. interesting with that was uh, his – Release clause is seventy five million euros. Well, it's next year. next summer. So if people are gonna buy them this year, it's gonna be like like two hundred million. Arguably the second most expensive transfer yeah. not named Neymar. Like it's gonna be 150, 160, 170, like crazy amount of money. It'll be a stupid amount. Or they could wait till next year and trigger it at seventy five million. But when that happens, like how who gets to you know what I mean? Like, I, that I don't know. I does guess. he have to agree to a personal terms with all the teams that are willing to trigger, you know, like whoever willing to trigger, he then gets to pick where he goes. I'd imagine like, there's something with it. I'd imagine that since someone has to trigger it, someone has to agree to right. it. Right. So, like, when we got party, like, there were no other people involved, so we triggered it, and then he was ours. Yeah. But, like, if there's, like, seven teams that trigger the release clause, I guess it's just whichever one Holland wants to go to. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know Something how that to works. keep our eyes on. It's going to be a crazy summer for that, man. Um, we also had Aguero. He's officially not coming back to Manchester City. Legends, legends. Um, he has talked Sergio. to Barcelona. I would love him to go PSG, to Barcelona. So there's talks of that. Manchester City are also building him a statue, and well deserved, very well deserved. I think he's what the fourth, fourth most goals in Premier League history or I think something. He might even be higher than that. He to might be even be higher. So 
Definitely uh, a well-deserved trophy. I mean, that guy's a club legend, that iconic Aguero. Aguero. When you think of, like, greatest Premier League moments, that's definitely... Like, we might never see a goal like that again. Aguero. Yeah, he's fourth. You were right. 181 Premier League goals. Yeah, he deserves that trophy. He scored a goal in the 90th minute on the, the whatever the last Sunday is called. They're building three statues at the Etihad. Yeah, David Silva and Vincent Company and Vincent also Company. getting trophies. A lot of slander towards Yaya Toure, though, you know. Yeah, I don't understand that one. I think He Yaya, got pushed out of the team, but he was arguably he was one of the best players I've ever seen put, put on the Man City jersey for sure. So, yeah, props to... Sergio and uh, Good for him. congrats to a legend. I hope he goes to Barcelona. Yeah, it sucks that you played for City, but I really did enjoy watching him yeah. play. He had a lot of iconic moments. Yeah, it would so. be great to see him go to Barcelona because then Messi doesn't go to City <laughs> and then uh, life is good. Yeah, yeah, life is good. But yeah, that, that about wraps it up. We wanted to keep this kind of short and brief. We're in about 40 minutes here, so we hope you guys enjoyed and we got a lot to talk about coming up on Monday, and it's just going to be a crazy couple months closing in here. So we're excited. I know you guys are excited too, and we are looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. See you guys. Thanks for listening.